Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, December 15th. Coming up, we'll hear why Missouri's Secretary of State wants to limit which books kids can check out of the library and why librarians disagree. But first, some headlines. Kansas City officials will vote today on whether to move enforcement of short-term rentals to a different department. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. Residents have complained of unruly and unregulated Airbnbs. Currently, city planning oversees the short-term rental program, but some council members think moving enforcement to the Neighborhoods Department would improve enforcement. Forrest Decker with the Neighborhoods Department supports the move. He says staffers already engage well with residents. It puts us in a really unique position to be able to work directly with neighborhood leaders and residents within neighborhoods. A recent report found that most 311 complaints about short-term rentals involved unlicensed units. Activist groups are asking Kansas lawmakers to review the state's stand-your-ground law. Celia Hack reports from a community forum in Wichita. The law allows the use of deadly force if it's in self-defense. It's under increased scrutiny after the Sedgwick County District Attorney cited Stand Your Ground in his decision not to charge correction workers in the death of 17-year-old Cedric Lofton. He died after correction workers held him face down for more than 30 minutes. Jasmine Rogers is part of the task force formed after Lofton's death. I think there is appetite from all of you across the political spectrum that have said that the Stand Your Ground was never passed with the intent of allowing correction staff and police officers to murder people and never have their day in court. The 2023 legislative session begins January 9th. The independent school district will start a four-day week beginning next school year, making it the largest district in Missouri to do so. The school board voted Tuesday to adopt the shorter week in the hopes that it will attract and keep more teachers. The district will offer optional activities and programs on the day school is not in session. Brandy Pruente, a mother of three children in the district, says she worries not all kids will get to participate. I think they have no idea how many students will be engaging in those fifth day activities and how many students will not and will not have transportation and will be sitting at home. Independence has nearly 14,000 students. The next largest to adopt a four-day schedule is the Warren County School District west of St. Louis with more than 3,000 students. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously, but you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit radioactive on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party and it's going to be bumping. You got to be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is proposing a new rule for public libraries that receive government funding. It would stop state funds from being used to buy books that would be inappropriate for minors and would ban children under 18 from checking out books without a parent's permission. But many Missouri librarians oppose the rule, saying it's redundant and limits kids' freedom. Cindy Hull is the Director of Policy Analysis and Operational Support at the Kansas City Public Library, which opposes the new rule. She joined Ashcroft and KCUR's Steve Kraske to talk about why. Here's their conversation edited for length. 
So what's your sense then? How big a problem do you think we have in Missouri when it comes to children get, getting their hands on, you know, library books that are not age appropriate? When I started the process, I hoped that this would be more of a prophylactic uh, to make sure that there was transparency and visibility, that parents knew what the policies and procedures were, that libraries had them out there and, and were prepared, and, and that we could show really the rest of the country that Missouri knew how to run libraries in a way that created opportunities for people, but also made sure that parents were in control. Um, as I've heard more comments from libraries and other individuals, it concerns me that if there's this much outcry over something that most libraries say they already do, what, what, what is the concern? We get Cindy Hole into our conversation here again with the Kansas City Public Library. What do libraries do uh, when it comes to dealing with children and uh, materials that, uh, according to the secretary, may not be age appropriate? Well, libraries do have policies that help us select materials, and we place those materials in our different locations throughout libraries where patrons are able to access them. So depending upon the title, it will be placed on a shelf somewhere where all age ranges could access that in a public space. So depending upon the actual content of the title, again, our selectors use our collection development policy to make those decisions as to what materials they will select and place on the shelf. So in your view, then, do we have a problem in Missouri with kids getting their hands on books that, again, according to the, sec to the secretary, using his phrase, that they're, these books are non-age appropriate? I had not heard that that was an issue anywhere in the state of Missouri. I haven't heard that through the Missouri Library Association, and I haven't heard that locally. Uh, Mr. Secretary, how will libraries go about determining what is age appropriate or uh, if these bo any book appeals to the prurient interest of a minor uh, under your policy? Well, the way this rule is written, uh, they have to have policies that address that, but we don't tell them exactly how to address it. Um, it was my belief, and I, I think it's a reasonable belief, that libraries would handle it differently. Um, and in some respects, community standards would be different uh, by library jurisdiction. Uh, so if you read the rule and go through it, it's always requiring the local library to write policies and procedures so that they can write policies and procedures that fit uh, the area and the patrons that they provide for. And Mr. Secretary, if I'm hearing Cindy Hole correctly, she's saying that's already being done across the state of Missouri. Well, if it's already being done, then why is she against the rule? Cindy? Well, this becomes a slippery slope for librarians to navigate. We have a code of ethics that we're bound to. We are always here to serve the interest of individuals and families. And when we start looking at how a collection is developed, it's backed by policy. That isn't new information. When we look at responding to community feedback, we are open every day to receive that feedback. And so it's very important that librarians continue to uphold equal access. Mm -hmm. Those are the tenets of librarianship. We want to make sure that everyone has equal access to the library. So, Mr. Secretary, so you, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, we don't have equal access in libraries, and librarians in Missouri don't always uphold that. Um, under federal law, they're required to have filtering software on their computers. 
Um, and so we know that's not true. We know there are areas where it's already been really a decision made that, hey, these are things we should do with library and taxpayer dollars, and these are things we shouldn't. Is, is, is she saying that every book in the library is appropriate for a three-year-old? Cindy? No, I did not say that. I don't believe that any librarian would would say that well, either. Not every, if, if it's not appropriate for a three-year-old, how can you say they should have access to it? They have access to the materials that are available in the collection at the public library. Anyone who has access to the library can interact with that collection. They can ask the librarian for assistance. If a child's coming in, we surely hope that they are with a parent or guardian that is helping them select the materials. But what if they're not? Well, if a student or a child comes into the library unsupervised, they have access to the materials that are available in the collection throughout the entire library. That's what equal access is, too. It's to the facility, the restrooms, the collection, a program. So students do have access to the collection. Now, do we see students in the stacks perusing adult titles? No, we don't. I would say that that would be unusual. Uh, for If we're saying a three-year-old, you know, a toddler unsupervised, that would be highly unusual. And that would be a concern for the library staff. We would have to immediately take action and rely on our, our local community service agencies to provide support. That would be a, a huge concern. But so I don't think that's what we're here talking about today. So, Mr. Secretary, I'm hearing from her that there's not an issue here. Well, then why is she pushing back against the rule? I mean, I'm just trying to make sure that parents have knowledge and visibility and are have the best information uh, to control and raise up their children as they so desire. And I, I, I know that we probably disagree on this, but it concerns me when she says that she believes a three-year-old should have the same access to every piece of material in the library as any adult. But she's also saying that, that those young kids aren't accessing that material. She's saying she thinks they should have access to it. Those are her words. Cindy, you want to weigh in here again? Sure. It's the foundation of librarianship. Everyone should have equal access to the library. And I responded to your question about a three-year-old. So that is a toddler. Um, I don't know that we should be treating all members of youth with the same hand. You don't treat a senior in high school as you would a child in kindergarten. If we're saying that we need to limit their access, that is what the issue is here. We would have to change a lot within our operation to make sure that certain areas of the library were not accessible to youth. And then that has a concern for us with privacy and confidentiality of library usage. Again, we have code of ethics that we're tied to. It's the foundation of librarianship. We want to make sure that we are making materials accessible to everyone. Now, does that literally mean that children are going to go and read those books? Well, I don't know that a three-year-old is reading much at that point. When we're looking at the state statute that provides local support to the governing boards, I believe we already have that support in place. And so we do make decisions at the local level, and we do trust our boards to provide that support to administration as well. You know, Cindy, the rule prohibits children under the age of 18 from checking out books without a parent's permission. That could mean a teen, 15, 16, 17 year, years old, you know, couldn't check out any book without first getting parental permission. I'm wondering how libraries will enforce that. Well, that's what I was saying would be a 
a tricky situation for us and a slippery slope at that. Again, if we are promoting privacy and confidentiality with library usage, we don't take on that big brother status now. So when anyone comes in to use the library, when their library card account has been created, they're there with their parent, their parent is telling them how to use the library, we're here to offer that support as well. Um, it's really up to the family to decide what is appropriate for them. You know, the idea that librarians can put anything they want in front of a child and it's up to the parent to run in and decide whether that's good or not. I, I Look, I have four kids. I, I know my wife has taken our kids to the library at times and you, you lose track of kids briefly. Could a parent come into the library and say this, any one parent could come in and say this one book should be off limits to all minors? The parent has, under this rule, would have the right to say my child isn't supposed to be able to get this book. Any parent may challenge a piece of material, but under this rule, the library would have a challenge system that would be used for deciding if materials would be moved in the library or if there was uh, someone that was against it. But this rule doesn't give any individual the authority to stop other people from looking at materials. Okay. Cindy Hole, I thought other libraries already true. had a challenge system in place. We do. We have a materials challenge process, and there's that policy and procedures available on our website. If a parent uh, comes into the library and says, this book should not be accessible to my 14-year-old son or daughter, what happens? They would have their child put that book down. They okay. would not allow their child to check that out. Okay. We do have self-checkouts, though. So if a teenager were to come into the library on their own and check out a material, a librarian would not know that. We wouldn't have that interaction with them. So you would lose that parental control in, in that situation then if the, if the child came back after mom or dad wasn't around. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And librarians don't act in that role. Okay. You know, uh, people can say what they want. Um, I have had a lot of parents that I've run into that had concerns. Um, I thought we crafted a rule that would allow local libraries to make sure they did things the way they wanted to with visibility and transparency for parents. Honestly, I'm not the one making a big deal about this. It's the libraries. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Cindy Hole of the Kansas City Public Library and Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at KCUR.org. The Secretary of State's office is taking public comment on the rule through today. If approved, the rule could take effect as soon as March. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, who's celebrating his 40th birthday today, and Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear how a local activist group is trying to hold the Kansas City police accountable for police shootings. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.